Hello and welcome to Telling Stories. My name is James Dupin. This week's show, we continue our story of Doc and Gordy in the Long Tag Teams. When we left them, they had just dropped the double cup and they were moving on with their careers into singles mode for a little while. But today, we go back to their glorious, glorious tag team run of the early 90s in all Japan Pro Wrestling. Doc and Gordy, The Miracle Violence Connection, Part 3. When we left our story, Doc and Gordy had just been upended for the World Tag Team titles. The double cup, which was symbolic of so much that AGPW stood for and had been won by the backdrop driver from Jumbo Saruta, with a little help from Stan the Lariat Hansen. He had come home to two men who embodied Giant Baba's ideals as wrestlers, homegrown, hardworking, charismatic grafters. However, one of these two, the great Kabuki, betrayed, or at least that's how Baba saw it, All Japan, and helped the other big stars of All Japan, Jinichiro Tenaru, start the fledging SWS, a promotion that would work with Vince McMahon's WWF to produce a new product for the Japanese crowds. That meant there were holes to fill in the roster and they needed to be filled. And out of our heroes, Williams was the man to fill that spot. Gordy had had two runs with the Triple Crown over the summer of 1990. He was over and a superlative worker that matched the King's Road style. However, cracks in his invincible armour began to show. His health was questionable. Bad habits had formed early in his career and had proved hard to shake. Williams, on the other hand, was everything an All Japan main eventer was meant to be. Legitimately tough, with a good sense of storytelling, his head screwed on to the business. The best way to deliver him to the main event was alongside Gordy. Their introductory year having been so successful, they needed to cement that work rate and regain the titles. With the belts held up until the strongest determination tag league began in November, Doc and Gordy set about reasserting their dominance, and going into the league, it was full steam ahead. The competition that year was as tough as always. The permanent teams that perennial contenders included the British Bruisers. After Davy Boy and Dynamite, the British Bulldogs had parted ways as a tag team, Dynamite began working with Johnny Smith, another Wigan-born graduate of the School of Hard Knocks in Stampede. He brought Johnny over to All Japan to continue that success they had in Calgary. While he could have actually been a more adept technical wrestler than Davy, he didn't have the character or the fire that Davy possessed, but as replacements go, he wasn't half bad. Dynamite was in the slowdown portion of his career. Years of living the road lifestyle had taken their toll. After some major health scares, he had vowed off his worst habits, but his body had reduced in size accordingly. He was back down to being a junior heavyweight, but Giant Baba knew he was still a draw for the Japanese fans, and he was still a more than capable wrestler, even if the body wasn't as willing as it once was. The two teams would encounter each other in the Tag League in 1990, an event that were the next big thing would no doubt be blessed. K-Hall would be the venue, the pressure cooker of great wrestling even then. Dynamite shaven head looked contrasting to the Perna mullet of Johnny. It was also incredible to hear the response for Dynamite. Thomas Billington had made his mark on the Japanese scene eight years before when he and Tiger Mask had reinvented junior heavyweight wrestling. The Japanese fans never forgot. As always, Williams and Gordy rushed the ring. Williams making the byline to stare down Dynamite with his wintering glare, an act of respect for the two of wrestling's hardest of the hard men. On the overness factor, the pop for Dynamite was deafening, but equally loud for Doc and Bam Bam. Dynamite got the streamers, though. Smith and Williams started the bout with some picture-perfect reversals and mat wrestling. As two mat grapplers, you would expect this. Then off into the ropes as Johnny went to the mat, and then to the leapfrogs, but got caught trying his second and was press-slammed over his head for the gut- by the guttural strength of Williams. Johnny popped back up and grounded Doc with a wrist lock and set to work wearing his larger opponent down. Frustrated, Williams resorted to strikes and trying to tempt Dynamite into the ring by tacking him on the apron. However, the message was clear. The power was with the connection. So the bruisers would try and outgraft them. Keep them on the floor where those big arms can't hurt you. A simple philosophy that gave a narrative arc to the match. Bam Bam tagged in and was again wrist-locked by Smith. He brought him to, closer to his corner to tag in Dynamite, 
to a roar of approval from the K-Hall crowd. Gordy listened out to the fans as they chanted, Kid O, Kid O, over and over. He may have been a Triple Crown champion six months before, but the hall looks after its own, and Dynamite was at home as he was in Wigan or Calgary. Dynamite eschewed Johnny's ground-and-pound approach, aiming for shoulder tackles, which given the size difference may have seemed unwise, but given the roar when he finally knocked Terry off his feet, much more sensible than the crowd-pleasing point of view. A snap suplex to finish the sequence, and Gordy was backing off. A tight arm drag, and it was back to the mat. Gordy achieved separation when Smith tagged back in and tagged in Williams, who continued with the strikes. It looked like they were getting some momentum. After Gordy interfered with a backdrop driver, Doc was able to stretch Johnny out with a ride and a half Nelson, but went back to the power moves as with the Gord Buster. Spitting at Dynamite and offering an up yours to the crowd, well, if you're going to be hated, you may as well do it properly, Gordy took over with more pressure to the back, setting up for the Scorpion. Dynamite's headbutt broke that up, and Gordy tagged in Williams for another backdrop driver. They garnered a two. Gordy and Williams kept the pressure on till Doc dropped his head for a backdrop and gave Johnny an opening. Dynamite tagged in, and the parts of the times got stuck in. A dynamite clothesline brought the crowd to its feet, but Doc caught him on the whip and readied him for the stampede. Smith stopped him, and the match broke down into a melee. Dynamite, covered a deliver- dynamite delivered a vicious snap suplex on Williams and covered, but Doc, was saved, saved Gord- but Doc saved Gordy. They threw Dynamite to the outside and put the boots in them by the guardrail. Outmatched on the mat, they took to their natural brawling home. Dynamite took a stair shot to the head, but the back dropped Doc on the floor. The connection kept Dynamite in the corner and went for quick tags, working on his full heels. Dynamite looked for an opening and smashed Gordy with a lariat. That allowed Johnny back in, and he drove home the slim advantage with a series of drop kicks. He held his own, but eventually Braun caught up with science, and the Oklahoma Stampede delivered the match for Doc and Gordy. It developed into a rollicking back-and-forth effort, but it was there to emphasize the connection. They would have had... They would have... They would have... The... They would have other, much bigger opponents in this tournament to think about from a storyline point of view. Giant Baba had not been a main event player for his home promotion in many years. Realising his fading star, he had positioned himself in the mid-card, a nostalgia pop for the long-term fans of the company. However, in 1990, he found a new partner for the Tag League that gave him a competitive second wind on sheer size alone. Having slowed down his WWF appearances to a trickle, Andre the Giant came out of semi-retirement to tag up with his old friend Baba for a run at the Tag League. Given the combined age of the two men involved, the pace was murderously slow. Baba took on a single-leg Boston Crab on dock for what seemed like an eternity, but the crowd loved it, as they loved Baba. As he'd moved himself out of the spotlight, his legend had grown more. It also meant he had led by example, putting polite peer pressure on those at the top who may outstay their welcome. An irate freed-up dock who tagged out to Bam Bam, who then had to avoid a kick from Baba, and the pace came down once again. The Giants would have their way. Andre came in and pulled the face lock up tight, grinding the power swing of Gordy once again. Andre was still pretty fit after his run with Hogan, but the age of his frame was starting to show sadly. No longer able to make the quick moves that had been his calling card ten years before. He had no psychological knowledge how to get away with it. Plus Doc and Gordy were going to make the match of it, and sold like they'd been shot for every move the older statesman of the match put in. It took Gordy and Williams some time to get some momentum going, but an impressive suplex on Baba from Gordy got them up and at it again. Williams managed an elevated bear hug on Baba too, but the crowd were lapping up the action no matter how the pace slowed. Andre tagged in to work over Doc, driving his shoulder into Williams in a neutral corner. Some of his offense may have been seemed slow. Some of his offense may have seemed slow, but his chops were as stiff as ever. They rang out in the crowd to a roar of approval. Doc tried for a back dock driver, but obviously was never going to get Andre up there. Worth a try, I suppose. Gordy got something for his team with a huge lariat that hit Baba's chest with a thunk. They rolled him outside and took to the floor. 
Pulling the boots in as they'd done to Dynamite, it awoke the ire of Andre, who come and made the save. It was a brilliant heat-getting move as the crowd chanted, Baba, Baba, Doc set his head and took a kick to the chest. Andre was tagged in. True comedy heel fashion, Doc took one look at Andre and tagged in Gordy, who took his pasting with a plum. A double tackle forced Andre to tangle himself in the ropes, his favourite spot. According to Bobby Heenan, as a face he could get heat by being vulnerable, as a heel he was getting his comeuppance, and being so smart to the business as Andre was, it worked a charm here. With some help from Baba, Andre broke him free and off and pushed Gordy off. Then made the tag to Baba, who fired off some chops and hit Bam Bam with his big boot finisher. Williams made the save on the cover, and they double-teamed Baba. He was sent into the ropes, but he got his boot up to a charging Gordy. He hit his own hanging neck drop and covered Bam Bam for the win. Williams and Gordy may have lost, but they made the aging veterans look like but they made the aging veterans look great in the process. Selling far more than they would for wrestlers at their own standard, the idea was to prove that anyone could win and make the tournament more see wrestling. It was a feel-good moment, and it fed into the story that the connection had to dig morally deeper to assure victory. These two matches were an ever-so-subtle heel turn from sporting marauders to out-and-out pirates. The Old Japan locker room only had themselves to blame. They shouldn't have been so good. In the end, it was a close-run thing, but by one point, the Miracle Violence Connection beat a strong field to claim the World Tag Team Championship and the strongest tag league titles. They were back on track to a dominant year and to help establish Doc as a credible singles force. 1991 offered up new challenges and some old ones, but it would be a strong reign just as before. That ends our podcast for today. Next week, we continue the story of Doc and Gordy, the Miracle Violence Connection, and conclude series of their time in Japan before they move on to WCW in the next episode. Thank you for listening today. You can find The Troopany Show at Troopany Show on Twitter. You can find us on Patreon at The Troopany Show where you can keep us free forever for everyone. You can also find us on Facebook, The Troopany Show. Please use our partners, powerslam.tv and use the code MULLETWATCH for a free month when you subscribe for a year. This episode was written, edited and produced by James Troopany. Music by Sheriff Lone Star and the Deputies of Heartbreak song called Salmon Salad Boogie. You can find that at Bandcamp forward slash Sheriff Lone Star. <laughs>